The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jellinch. Today, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. And Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the Send Message button right below the banner. Each one will respond to a listener question or comment, and be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's episode is titled School of Hard Knocks. Murphy's Law seems operable in the life of many addicts and alcoholics. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Beaten into submission by the School of Hard Knocks, we wonder, do we have to learn everything the hard way? Why does this keep happening to me? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on learning to unlock a new way of experiencing life, a life of grace and ease through the spiritual power of understanding. And we shall begin by experience, by sharing our experiences of hard knocks, what that looked like, and then move into the solution of the power of understanding. After the break, we'll share exactly how the power of understanding helped us move from hard knocks to grace and ease. So uh, as we're waiting for Michelle to join us, I am going to share what my experience of hard knocks has been on the recovery path. Uh, one thing that comes to mind right away is that uh, I've long had, I'll say historically, I like that phrase because it's not necessarily going on now, but for my entire life, most of it, um, I really felt like the world was simply moving too fast for me. I I could not keep up with everything that was going on. I think... Uh, I think now I have some perspective, and it's it was all about a sort of an internal emotional processing. I'm a slow processor, so with everything that um, happens in the world, I just felt like I didn't have time. A day, here's put it this way: one day was not long enough for me to process what happened in one day. So I felt. A, 
perennially behind, always behind. And so that kind of, you know, we talk about hard knocks. One way of looking at it's been kind of beat up by the world is the way it feels, you know, when we're in the middle of it. And that's definitely one way that I felt beat up by the world. I remember thinking that uh, if I could, if I could wave a magic wand and change any one thing, what I would do is add one day to the week where there was no interaction with anyone, sort of like a, a complete break from absolutely everything so that I might have a chance to catch up on um, what was going on in the world. But Michelle, when you think about hard knocks, I was just sharing about um, the world. It always felt like the world was moving too fast for me. I'm a slow emotional processor. And so I felt like I was constantly behind, beat up by the world, just by the pace of everything that was going on. But when you think about the school of hard knocks, what, what do you remember? What's your experience of that? And of course, it may still be happening from time <laughs> to time. Well, mine was a little different because, you know, when I got sober or my, the height of my drinking was in my early 20s. So I still had quite a bit of energy to be able to keep up with the pace of life at that time. In fact, I was just running hard all the time. But um, so it wasn't that so much as just I, I had these repetitive problems, mostly interpersonal problems and in relationships. And it just seemed to me like the same problems just kept happening, kept happening over and over again. And I couldn't understand why. So I was in sort of these repetitive patterns, sort of recreating the same types of scenarios, either with romantic partners or with bosses or friends, you know, and just, I just couldn't figure out why I kept having the same problems all the time. Cause at that time I still had the orientation to life that things were happening to me. So it was like, why is this happening to me? Why do I keep having this? Or, or why are, why are people doing this to me basically? Why are they do why do I keep having these same types of people show up in my life and I keep having the same interpersonal conflicts? That's that was the mostly the hard knocks for me. Yeah, you know, I was just reminded of a silly thing I heard so uh, my wife said once, "Why do these people keep driving too close in front of me?" Yes. <laughs> Cuz I give them a hard time about getting right up on on people she's like why do these people drink, keep driving so close in front of me i wish they would stop doing that and and i'm laughing because you know all of these things that are coming to mind to say them now i almost feel silly cuz they're all obviously self-inflicted right. you know but in when, when sitting in the middle of it it just felt like you know it was happening to me Right. Um, now I have some perspective and I can see more of the choices I was making. But so, for example, uh, I you may not know this about me, but I used to drink a lot, like a lot. Yeah. And when one drinks a lot, things get left behind. It takes a lot of time and energy um, to do that. And so that means that there's less time and energy for other things. And then I end up saying things like, oh, crap, that was today, yeah. you know, as I get behind or um, getting surprised by things because I'm just not 
being quite organized enough. And so you mix alcohol just with the way my brain works anyway. You know, I have a, um, I have a superpower of laser focus. I can dig really deeply into an issue and, yeah. and really understand the root causes of what's going on. But while I'm doing that, I'm sort of lacking the broad view. Like, like I'll miss the obvious of, you know, more superficial details while I'm busy eight layers deep, you know, discerning the truths of the universe. And so between drinking and having a mind that works that way, I would get surprised a lot, you know, oh man, oh crap, that was today. Oh, I was supposed to, oh man, now I got to do this, la la la, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a whole, you know, it's, it's a, it's the conflict or the sum of several things happening at the same time, but guess who's in the middle of all of it? Me. <laughs> and that's why I say they're self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what I uh, experienced was self-inflicted also, but the thing was, I just didn't have any concept of that. And I think, you know, unless you've had some exposure to these spiritual principles that we teach both in unity and that are taught in 12 step, um, you don't know that. You just don't know that that's how the world works, you know. I, I can remember, like I said, just thinking that things were happening to me. And I think a lot of people go through life that way. And why wouldn't they? They've never been taught anything different. They haven't had their eyes open to a different way of um, of being in the world. And it does seem like you know, when you're in that, or when I was in that, it seems like just sort of being battered around from one thing to the next, you know, and, and having all this drama and conflict swirling around me and just not understanding why, you know, just and, and feeling like, um, you know, it's sort of a version of Murphy's Law, like, why is my life always so full of drama? Why is my life always so full of conflict? Why does this keep happening to me? But I had no sense at all. I didn't have any understanding of, you know, what we teach in new thought that our, that our, you know, thoughts are creating our reality or definitely creating our experience of reality. I had no sense of that. So I was just sort of getting buffeted by life, you know, with no sense that I had anything to do with any of it, really. I just, I didn't know. And if it had been suggested to me in any way that I had something to do with it, my shame that was so huge at that point would take over and make it impossible for me to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do a lot of work in healing shame before I could begin to take ownership for what was happening in my life because I, the pain that the shame caused me just wouldn't let me see it. Yeah. Yeah. That is hard. I'm remembering that. Uh, and, th and this is so common. I mean, you don't, you don't have to, uh, be a professional drinker like I was to have this problem. I would deal with things later. I'll deal with that later. You know, if it wasn't, it seems like uh, not not with everything, but with enough th with enough things to cause trouble over yeah. time. Yeah, I'll deal with that later. If I don't have to do it right now, I will do it later. Now, since then, I've tried to um, develop a almost sort of like the opposite like well if i if i can just knock it out right now let me do that so yeah. that i can get it off of my list right. but in the past it, it was not so much like that you know if I, i'll i'll just i'll deal with this later i can't handle it that was 
you know, you uh, going back to what I was saying about feeling like the world is moving too fast, that left me in a sort of permanent state or recurring state of I can't handle all this. This happened. There's too much going on. I have too many things. It's too much happening. I want, you know, to clear my schedule. That was my that was my whole goal in life was to make it so I didn't have to be anywhere or do anything. And so my temporary uh, way to sort of simulate that was, of course, drinking. And uh, that worked till it didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm relating to everything you're sharing. And, you know, some of that still exists in my life. I mean, I still can get very overwhelmed by life. Now, granted, I have a pretty full, busy life, but um, I can get pretty overwhelmed you know, when you said something about knocking things off your list, it reminded me, I think we talked about this once before. I think we have the same sense of humor that we love that meme that goes around every now and then. That's like things I hate. Number one lists. (laughs) 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 That kind of thing. It's like me inconsistency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's always, you know, a long list of things bouncing around in my mind. And and it's always been that way. I've always had this sort of running list in my mind. And, and I realize now that um, some of it is unavoidable, right? I have a lot of responsibilities. I'm a mom, I'm a minister, I have another job, I, you know, whatever. But um, I also am learning how I create a lot of that because, uh, busyness keeps me from having to experience what's going on or what, what I'm avoiding or what pain might be bubbling up or whatever. And so kind of keeping myself in a constant state of running to catch up, you know, I've learned is, is one way of avoiding. And it's certainly not conscious. I do a lot of very consciously facing my issues and being with them and being present and I don't use alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or various other things to uh, numb that anymore. But I can still keep myself really busy. You know, that's still a way of avoiding. And it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes life is overwhelming. You know, it's certainly better than putting a chemical in my body. As long as I'm not doing that today, I'm good. But I can, I, I've gained a lot of awareness about, you know, I leave something to the last minute and then there's all this drama and rush around completing it. And frankly, I think I just get off on the drama. I think I just, there's that drama addict in me that's just like, it's so much more fun if you leave it to the last minute and it's all very, you know, dramatic and rushed and hectic. And so some of that is definitely self created, you know, a lot of it is self created. There's a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where Calvin has an assignment due and Hobbes is asking how it's going and he says he hasn't started it. Well, why not? I'm just waiting for uh, the right kind of inspiration. Like what? Last minute panic? Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's and exactly it. I do some of my best work at the last minute too. There's a laser yeah. focus that comes when it's down to the wire. I have a hard time mustering that kind of focus up when I, when it's not down to the wire yet. Yeah, I think a lot of us have that because it's too boring. It's <laughs> anyway. Let's let's uh, shift here because now that we know about this uh, feeling like getting knocked around by the world, school of hard knocks. What is the solution? Well, as always in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. 
Yes, and our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, as we know, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And these are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have, but that we can learn to use more effectively in our spiritual growth. And the power that can help us move from hard knocks to a way of living with grace and ease, at least one of them, is the power of understanding. And that's what we want to focus on today. But what do we mean when we say understanding in this context as a spiritual power? What does that look like and how do I know, uh, how does it apply to my life and how do I know where I'm at with that? So Michelle, when you think about the the power, the spiritual power, the ability that we all have of understanding what comes to mind. Well, in our unity literature, that particular power is defined as the ability to know, perceive, comprehend, and apprehend. And for me, at least in this point, at this point in my life, it basically all comes down to self-awareness. Um, for me, the power of understanding is the ability to know and understand myself. Um, and everything stems from there. If I'm not awake to what's happening with me or why I do certain things or what is motivating me or how I'm feeling in any given moment, um, then I can't, you know, I can't function in the way that I want to be in the universe. So it starts with that self-awareness. And it's interesting, you know, I just finished seminary a little over a year ago and self-awareness was a real focus in our program. We had a whole class on self-awareness and um, I didn't understand at first what that was all about, but now I really get it. And it seems very self-focused. We tend to be a little self-focused in unity, but um, you know, we believe that I'm creating the experience of reality by my own thoughts and what's bouncing around in my head and my own, which includes my own personality issues, my own wounding, my own belief system, right? So I can't begin to even fix any of that until I understand it. And I understand it by becoming aware of it. So it's really just been, and the, you know, I think it's safe to say the 12 step program is a program of self-awareness as well, oh self-discovery. Yeah. And if you're yeah. new in the program or even, you know, semi new, hang on because there are layers and layers and layers like an onion doesn't even that metaphor, the layers are too thick of an onion, you know, <laughs> you run out of them. What's like really flaky phyllo dough or something. I mean, it's just like layers yeah. and layers and layers and you think you understand something about yourself and then you pull another layer off and it does seem very self-focused, but it all begins within, you know, and we, we operate from there. So that's, it's absolutely a prerequisite for making any kind of change or transformation is to understand ourselves and be aware of ourselves. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with focus on self. The problem, of course, because everything's a matter of balance. The problem comes in if I can't stop focusing on myself, if that's all I can do. Right. Because life, in a sense, one way to look at it is it's, you know, alternating between looking in the mirror and stopping looking in the mirror. I need to do both. Right. Um, and not one to the exclusion of the other. And so, yes, it does so happen that our particular uh, spiritual path here in new thought 
begins with looking within. And that is necessary and foundational, incredibly important. Um, and as long as I can then also step out and take my eyes off of myself and stop thinking about myself all the time, then I can be in balance. Yeah. One thing that comes to mind, power of understanding. It's the power to, quote, get it. You used that phrase a minute ago when you were talking about the um, self-awareness material in the seminary program and he said and then i then i got it oh you know like the, it's the get it power it's the power yeah. that says oh okay now uh -huh. i get it right exactly aha the light has come on i get it and one thing that i heard that helped me a lot and i'm going to bring in briefly here the power of wisdom and it went like this wisdom knows understanding knows why mm-hmm Right. Yes. So understanding is, I mean, there is such thing as spiritual understanding, which you could call wisdom, but it's more like headspace understanding. Like, oh, I get how this works. Oh, I see that. I see that. You know, when I push the blue button, the green light comes on. I see how that works. I get it. I see what's going on. And so, <clears throat> the power of understanding is the power to sort of get it. Like, get, get how things work get how things are connected, get it uh, how when I do this, now I see why a few, sometime later, the outcome is that, right? right? And uh, that has helped me a lot, that wisdom knows, understanding knows why. And of course, uh, I've shared before that my mind is wired for understanding. I mean, that's like my prime yeah. directive in life. Uh, just the way that I am, you know, we each sort of end up being uh, wired in a certain way for how we perceive information and how we process information. And for me, um, understanding is what it's all about. It's almost like I, at some point at a very young age, decided if I could just understand mm -hmm. how all this works, I'll be okay in the world. And so understanding is my go-to approach for being okay in the world. Now, fortunately, I've been able to Add to that, and like I was saying, balance, that's the thing. Nothing wrong with understanding, but it works best when it's balanced with other ways, other possibilities, other ways of being in the world. Kind of like I've heard this uh, strange tale that I don't understand about um, people can have one beer. <laughs> Weirdos. <Right? laughs> I know. Like, what, that's some kind of balance? What is that? That ain't natural, man. I don't even know what you're talking about. That doesn't make sense. I speak And why? Why that. would you want to? <laughs> right. Why? Why would you do that? What is wrong with you? Right. Wrong. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that and joking on, on us and on myself because that's a good example of not having a sense of balance. <laughs> I do not have a sense of balance when it comes to alcohol. So I simply don't uh, participate in it why do we want more because there is more <laughs> duh tomorrow <laughs> yeah so you were talking about that that aha moment that getting it and i was thinking that the way we um the way we represent that visually is a light bulb going on right we get you know like in a cartoon we get that light bulb going on and so um understanding is that light it's the light going on it's the the light of understanding, the light of what we would call in unity, truth. And so, 
you know, it's sort of like when we're not aware and when we're living in our addiction, in our, uh, our own, you know, interpersonal problems and drama and all of that, we're in a sort of darkness, right? We're sort of fumbling around in the dark. You probably can relate to that feeling of sort of, actually, there was this one time I got so drunk, I actually was fumbling around in the dark trying to get my way out of a bathroom I was in. <laughs> that just came to my mind. I well, got I know how big bathrooms are and how hard it can be to find the door. You know, it was really hard. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we're living in that dark, you know, metaphorical darkness of not understanding, not seeing ourselves clearly, not knowing why things are happening, just sort of fumbling around. And then understanding that spiritual understanding that you mentioned is like beginning to shine the light in that darkness. And um, it, it begins to expose all the things, but the things have to be exposed in order for them to be healed. You know, it's sort of like what's happening in our country right now. People are going, wow, I didn't know all this was there. And it's like, it was always there. We're just shining a light on it now. And it can be, you know, some of the light that I've had to shine on myself in recovery has been painful. It's been hard for me to uh, see things clearly, see my part in them, see my own wounding, um, but it's an absolute necessary step towards beginning to dispel the darkness. And like I say, I think it's the same thing that's happening sort of collectively in our world right now. We're in that phase where the light is beginning to uncover what's there. But that is always the first step towards healing, is bringing things up out of the hidden, out of the darkness, and into the light. And that is what the 12-step program is all about. You know, that's what taking our own inventory and making these lists of, you know, things we need to clean up. I mean, it's it's basically like taking a giant flashlight and shining it into all the dark, yucky corners. And first you see all the crap that's in the corner. Right. But eventually the light dispels the darkness. So we don't have all those yucky, icky corners and crannies anymore. And it all begins to come out into the light to be healed. I love that. Uh image of the light you know of course i'm thinking of genesis one let there be light but also i'm reading uh from the unity minister eric butterworth his book in the flow of life and he has an entire chapter about the light the light of truth and how that uh, relates to us living in the flow and so if you are listening to this and looking for a, a guide if you like books uh, in the Flow of Life by Eric Butterworth is really quite wonderful, I have found. Um, for, like you say, um, and then in even in the tr traditional uh, Christianity, I saw the light, right? The light came on. Um, the light, Jesus as uh, shining a light. You are the light of the world, etc., etc. But let's hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. So we hope that you will please stay with us. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Yes, welcome back, and we are glad that you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jelich. We'll resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a listener question or comment. And be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. Well, prior to the break, we were discussing first that the hard knocks, that sort of getting buffeted by life um, and all the ways that that looked for us and sometimes still looks for us, frankly. (laughs) And then we moved into talking about the 12 powers and the power of understanding and um, how what that looks like, that spiritual understanding and self-awareness. So Dan, bring it all together for us and tell us how, um, you know, how you use the power of understanding to move from those hard knocks into what we're calling today a life of grace and ease, which just oh, sounds so wonderful to me. Grace I could and use ease. some more of that right That's around That's what I now. want. <laughs> That's the, you know, we were talking earlier about, always returning to that which called. And I'm, you know, and in, in a way, it's almost like my relationship with the spirit is some kind of elliptical orbit, right? So I might be getting closer and then I'm just like right in it, totally in tune. And then I swing out and <laughs> far away and then come back and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not no. a problem. That's, That's a human in fact, experience. I think it's a good way for it to be. But, you know, when I'm sort of at that outer far reach um, and this time to come back and that's kind of where I am now, but I love what you're saying. And I, I always feel the same way. You know, we, we talk in 12 step about what we were like, what happened and what we are like now. And I always want to say when we talk about things, well, here's how things used to be asterisk and sometimes still are right, from time exactly. to time. I never want to imply that I've perfected any of oh, this, please. you know, a radically different <laughs> life and this program works for me very very well but i i never want to imply that it's never a one and done no. kind of thing okay so now how how does understanding help me move from hard knocks to grace and ease well one way for me is i began to get a better sense of order in the world you know the, there's an order that underlies all things and because i was wired for understanding um this was very natural for me And so when something challenging would happen, I could begin to see that it was more than just a hassle that I had to deal with, right? Because that was sort of how everything seemed to me before. Everything was kind of a hassle that I had to deal with. And so instead of that, but it's an opportunity to learn something truly valuable that if I really learn it, will prevent the same thing from happening in the future, Yes. You may have had that experience that uh, things, uh, challenges seem to recur until they're truly healed. And they will recur sort of at, at, at a level that matches the undone healing. Yeah, so I might, right. I do a lot of work on an issue and uh, experience a significant healing. 
but that doesn't mean that I'm done with that whole category. <laughs> Darn it. I know. It, it, it comes back. And so anyway, that's one way understanding helped me move from hard knocks to grace and ease is it showed me, okay, there. Th this isn't just a pain in the butt. There's an important opportunity here. There's something going on and not just it's not just inconveniencing me. Yes. Yes, that has been one of the more humbling aspects of recovery for me is having some of the same issues continue to keep cropping up and up and up and thinking, I thought I already dealt with that. I thought that was sort of, you know, sweeped away and boom, it's back again. It's back. It's like poltergeist, you know, it's and <laughs> I'm back. Um, and that's been very humbling to me. But now I understand that, you know, that. So I sort of think of it as my life's curriculum. Like we come into this life with a sort of very individualized curriculum. And I don't know exactly how that works. You know, some people say our souls make contracts or we choose the circumstances of our birth. I don't really need to know how all that works. Um, but I do believe that we come into life with our own individualized curriculum you know, when I, uh, when I was feeling the call to ministry and when I ultimately made the decision and told my awesome mentor, Reverend Vicki Elder, she uh, said to me, from now, from here on out, everything that happens to you will be part of your training. And well, she was right. <laughs> the lessons <laughs> began to come fast and furious. But I also realized that my whole life had been that already. Um, and, you know, beginning from the very get-go, all of it was leading up to that point. And so um, life gives me exactly the curriculum that I need. So basically the shift for me was, and it's what we're talking about. You and I are both doing series on In the Flow of Life by Eric Butterworth. And um, it's, it's his first chapter is that life is life is lived from the inside out. So things are not happening to me. You know, I have some, I have some role in this, a huge role in it, um, which is both the bad news and the good news. <laughs> you know, the bad news is, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for a good portion of this. The good news is that means I can work to change it. So every time these things come back around, it's like life is saying, here's your next assignment. Here it is. This is where you need to work. There's more to be done. As we say in the 12-step program, more will be revealed. And it will. Trust me. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. So an example, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about an example of um, uh, how understanding the relationships between events in my life i mean this sounds so silly when you say it like this everyone's gonna be like well duh no kidding but you know this was just not uh, it, it's not that i could couldn't get this concept it's that i was not taking the steps necessary to actually make it happen so my example is um, if i want to avoid having expired tags on my vehicles there's a a, a degree of order that is helpful in my life to help me avoid that, right? I remember I sat in a meeting once and, you know, a, a person was, was sharing, basically answering the question, you know, how are you doing? 
He's like, well, my rent is paid, my license tags aren't expired, and those blue lights in the mirror are not a- are coming after me. And so life is good. good. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I thought, you know, I really he was very funny and I and I laughed at that, but then I realized I have had my tags expire just cuz I'm not paying attention because I'm just so wrapped up in in you know avoiding things as a way of living and drinking too much and so I'm reducing my time and my capability for dealing with life and life is overwhelming anyway so I'm drinking to try and feel better about it which of course is not making it better in the long term <laughs> or in a broad sense you know it's a very it's a very short-lived kind of uh, experience of that things are better that things are better until the morning when they're all still there. And I don't feel that great on top yeah. of it. So or three expired tags. I'm, I'm happy to report that all my tires have the right amount of air in them. <laughs> and my, my tags are not expired. Well, I, you may be doing better than me in that, in that area. Sometimes I still, things get away from me, but you know, there's a, a, again, it sounds like all I do is live on Facebook and that actually may be true, but there's a meme that um, goes around and I love it when I see it. It says something like, um, the shift is when I go from, why is this happening to me to what is this trying to teach me? And that's a really big shift, really, really big shift. And it's kind of a shift of spiritual maturity, you know, sort of immaturity is why is this happening to me? You know, I'm just the victim of life, just all these things, you know, like the person in front of me driving too close to me. Um, And then when we move into, you know, sort of the in between those two is, is uh, what am I doing? You know, what is it in me that is creating this? The first way I heard this expressed was in the 12 step program when they said, when you're pointing at someone else, what do we say? There are three fingers pointing back at you. (laughs) That's why you should point with your whole hand like this. Just point all of your fingers away from you. <laughs> oh, um, you know, and I remember hearing that and being like, what? What are you talking about, man? That was sort of that very beginning realization to me that what I was pointing out in others might actually exist in me. Um, and that was just the beginning. But now I really understand What is this trying to teach me? Um, What is this pointing at in me that I need to become aware of? And like I said, it all begins with that self-awareness. So that first step is being able to see it in myself. And then, like I mentioned in the last segment, I needed to do a lot of um, self-healing, self-acceptance, self-love, Uh, healing some of that shame before I could even begin to own some of those things as, as my having any part in them. I simply in early sobriety was filled with so much self-loathing and shame that if anybody pointed anything out to me that I had done, I would immediately have a complete shame attack and would get defensive or would just check out or would just cry or whatever. I couldn't, I just, I didn't have enough of a self sense of self to be able to contain that. So the good news is that the more I healed myself, the longer I stayed sober, the more of this work I did, the more I could handle starting to see those things about myself. That's been the process for me. 
Yeah, and I can see understanding kind of right at the center of that. You know, uh, as as I walk this path of, you know, I think of it as spiritual growth and um, addiction recovery, same thing to me. It's two different ways of coming at the very same thing. You know, a uh, little tangent. I heard someone in a meeting once share that there's no such thing as the spiritual part of a 12-step program right. <laughs> because the entire thing is a spiritual program. It doesn't have a spiritual part. That's the entirety right. of it. And I, that really stuck with me. And I and so, you know, li- living uh, life from spiritual principles, you know, AKA or and or from a 12-step perspective or whatever, the longer that I do this, um, the, you know, the more grace and ease I encounter in my life and the, and the fewer hard knocks I encounter, although, you know, that still comes around sometimes. And so one outcome of applying understanding along the way of my recovery path is I begin to gain a sense of purpose and usefulness, right? There's even language in the in the literature about, um, in the promises, I think about a a feeling of uselessness will fade away. And an example of that is, uh, you know, I feel, I feel called to share this with others along the way, you know, teaching others about this path of, uh, development, spiritual growth, we might call it, um, you know, about this path of recovery or this way of seeing life, you know, ourselves, God, life, the world and everything in a way that can uh, lead to a substantial experience of healing and of hard knocks being replaced by grace and ease over time. And so this sense of purpose and sense of uh, usefulness in some way has uh, really come upon me. You know, it's been quite a while now, but uh, and I'm sitting here thinking about it and, and realizing, okay, this is just, nowadays, this is just part of what I do in the world. Uh, before, that wasn't the case at right. all. Uh, and so I, I don't need to go make it do more, right? It's, I answered the call, I showed up, I'm walking the path, and that's what I need to be doing. Um but I noticed that that as I progressed on this path, you know, I I I didn't get called to this um, when I was drinking, right? Right. I I felt called to this work uh, when I got sober, and right. not right away. You know, after some time. Yeah. And so you know, b- being being available to others to share experience, strength, and hope along the way became part of my my sense of where I fit in the world. Yes. I remember hearing people say in 12 step meetings, and I actually remember hearing myself say, you know, I came to these meetings to stop drinking because I had a problem with drinking with alcohol. But what I ended up finding was a way to live, not just a way to stop drinking, but a way to live. Um, And there's a lot to that. There's so much to learn, you know, depending on how much we need to unlearn as well. Um, 
And what you said about it being, you know, the spiritual part of the program, there is no spiritual part. The whole thing is spiritual. <laughs> that's what we just, that's what we say to newcomers to not freak them out too much. <laughs> the spiritual part of the program. <laughs> Turns out it's all spiritual, but not religious, but spiritual. Spiritual just meaning having to do with our own spirit, our own selves. Um, and so, yeah, I had no spiritual life before I um, got sober. And so it was a whole new way of life for me. And uh, one of the things that moving, you know, so when I was, before I had a spiritual life, I thought things were just happening to me. And I didn't understand, I had no context within which to understand the events of my life or the things that were happening in the world. I thought things just were the way they were. They were just happening. They were happening to me. I had no idea what was going on, you know. Um, and and getting a spiritual perspective in life meant that I now had a framework to understand that there is purpose in everything, that we are not just here to work hard, pay taxes and die. I mean, that's not what we're here for. Uh, what are we here for? That's a whole other question. But We could express that in many different ways, but it's knowing that there is a purpose and having that faith that the events of my life all have a purpose. It's all, it's all, you know, working for something for me, my, you know, sort of in a nutshell understanding is that it's for my spiritual growth. It's for all of our spiritual growth. We're all, we come here to grow and transform and, um, you know, perhaps move closer to God or however you want to describe it. But once I have that framework for understanding life, that in itself leads to more grace and ease. Because it gives meaning and purpose. Like you said, um, you know, one of one of my purposes becomes helping others, understanding myself and healing myself so that I can then help others understand and heal themselves. And then the events of my life don't feel random anymore and they don't feel like they're happening to me. They all begin to take their place in this grand scheme of my spiritual growth and evolution. So when things happen to me that seem horrible or painful or people hurt me, it's not that I don't experience those things as painful or hurtful because I still do. I'm still human. But there's a part of me that can see the bigger picture. Ah, this is this is where I still need healing. This is pointing out to me where my next assignment is, where I still need to work. And it just it just makes everything make so much more sense, which leads to a life of grace and ease. I like that definition of grace and ease. Things make sense. They just go together. Yes. You know, I'm sitting here uh, thinking that one thing that I learned through understanding is that understanding is not the only tool that I need, right. right? It is a tool. It's not the end all be all tool. And so even though understanding, uh, you know, of saying that uh, wisdom knows and understanding knows why, um, I can also stop, you know, getting obsessed with the, why did I do that? Why did this happen to me? You know, you can get in sort of a, uh, an understanding trap if I think yeah. that understanding is the only way forward. So instead of asking, why did I do this? Why does this keep happening to me? Instead, I ask, what is the next right thing to do? Yeah. You know, given that this is where I am in this moment, what's the next right thing to do? So there, once again, I can apply understanding. Well, if I use my power of understanding in a skillful way, 
I can probably discern or you know maybe it'd be like a spiritual level just a gut instinct knowing um, of what is the next right thing to do and so you know we talk about these uh, spiritual abilities these 12 powers that that unity uh, has that uh, mr fillmore defined as things that we're all using all the time but we can learn to become aware of how we're using them and then we can learn to use them differently or what I like to say in a more skillful manner because I can use them in an unskillful way which includes overusing them if I'm overusing any one power then I am using that in an unskillful way but I can learn to use it in a skillful manner and that's way that's another way uh, strangely enough that understandings help me move from hard knocks to grace and ease is it helped me understand that understanding is not the only way forward Yes, and so we have to employ others of the 12 powers, such as faith, you know, and you talked earlier about um, coming to believe that there's an order in the universe, and that's sort of what I was speaking of before, you know, that there's purpose, that things are not just randomly happening um, there, and we don't have to understand, you know, there's a certain level of mystery. I don't need to understand exactly what it how it works you know god's universe is sort of beyond my human understanding but i can believe and i can trust that there is an order um there is an upward progressive movement to everything in life and that gives tremendous grace and ease because i trust that whatever is showing up in my life is ultimately for my highest good that's that's quite different than why the F is this happening? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. It, it's just been a huge, tremendous shift for me. Um, whatever is happening in my life is for my highest good. You know, we were talking before the program in my church, we like to say God is good. And then everyone says all the time. And that's sort of what that means. God yes. is good all the time means it's all ultimately for my highest good. I don't have to understand exactly how, but I know that it is, and I trust I love that. that. So let's shift again and turn our attention to a question or a comment from our listener. So here's a question that often comes up. How do I balance understanding with action, right? Because understanding is kind of a head activity, right? It's a, I, can, I can be all up in my head if, if all I'm doing is working with understanding, but I also need to take action. So how do I balance understanding with action? Well, I hate to steal your thunder, but it is kind of what you just mentioned a couple minutes ago about doing the next right thing. That's such a wonderful tool that we have in 12 step because it really breaks it down. You know, we tend to get way out there and we want to, you know, fix everything at once. And that saying of do the next right thing reminds us to keep it simple, which is yet another one of our sayings, keep it simple and focus on what is at hand. You know, um, basically, I also like to say God works on a need to know basis. You know, we, we don't, we can't make those future choices and actions because it hasn't been revealed to us yet. So we just do the next right thing that's in front of us to the best of our ability release the outcome, and then we move on, and we will then know more and be able to do more. But we've got to stay in what's happening right now. I like that, and I can sort of see that uh, in that concept of do the next right thing, understanding is supplying the right part of do the next 
right thing. And I was remembering that it also in Stephen Covey's seven uh, habits, he called it, right? Seven habits of highly effective people. The fifth one is seek first to understand. And that is, to me, the way I see that now is another way of saying, just like Eric Butterworth in chapter one of uh, In the Flow of Life, um, we live from the inside out. So we always begin on the inside and then move out into service to the world. And as I always say, if I get stuck on step one, now I'm just, you know, completely self-centered. The fact that I begin within does not mean that, that, that there's a problem uh, when I balance it by stepping out. So I always, I, I always remember the uh, analogy of just simply breathing. Inhale, exhale. You got to do both. Seemingly, they're opposite, but you need to do both. And I think of inhale as the beginning. Yeah, I used to have a sponsor that I would call her up all freaked out about something, and she would say, breathe, you know, because we forget to do that. And things look different after you've taken a few deep breaths. We always like to give you an affirmation because we love affirmations in unity. And our affirmation today to help you solidify these concepts is, my understanding of truth deepens and directs my life. I like that. Understanding. My understanding of truth deepens and directs my life. Yes, well, guess what? It has <laughs> happened again. You've given yourself what we like to think of as the gift of another hour of listening to Spirit of Recovery. Uh, and we're grateful that you have. Certainly, you've given yourself a gift of attention to your recovery path. We hope that you found something and of all of this gabbing that will be genuinely helpful to you in your recovery. Thank you, Michelle, again for our discussion. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us during the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. And please, we would love for you to leave your comments, thoughts, and feedback on there. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. But until then, don't drink like my co-host, for God's and sake. don't drink like my co-host, please. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.